Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for we're about to receive, Father. We thank you for the food that we're about to eat, the food that we're about to partake of, oh, Father. We thank you that this food will feed our divine nature, oh, Father. We thank you that this food will feed the glory that we have been missing, oh, Father. We thank you that the atmosphere is clear, oh, Father, for takeoff, oh, Father. We thank you that every ignorant spirit, every unlearned spirit has left the premises, Father, and that your will is being done right now, Father. We saturate this place, oh, Father, knowing that we will learn, oh, Father, of you, Oh, Father, that we will be meek, we will be lowly of heart, oh, Father. So we thank you right now, Father, for this word that we're about to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. How y'all feeling this morning? Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Me too. Uh, we're going to get right into the word on the day. I'm going to try to start saying everything I got to say in the message. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been getting text messages, people telling me they're they running late. I know uh, Tashaun being them is at a wedding today or coming back from a wedding. And so we're going to continue along the lines of the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit teaching like this, Satan is going to turn up the pressure. He's going to turn up the pressure because the he doesn't mind us talking about power because he know we can have power and still be an orphan. He doesn't mind us talking about the gifts of the spirit because he knows that we can function and operate in the gifts of the spirit and we can be immature as well as an orphan. So he doesn't mind us talking about power. He doesn't mind us even quoting scripture. Matter of fact, when he met Jesus in the wilderness, he quoted scripture. He knows that the word is no good unless it's written. He just doesn't want the word to get written on your heart. So he's going to constantly turn up the pressure in various ways. Some people are going to wake up on Sunday morning and they're going to be extremely exhausted. Some are going to feel an illness. Some are going to feel agitated. Why? Because he doesn't want you to get fed. And so today we're going to talk about the orphan spirit. And we're, talking about from, we're coming from the orphan series. But the title of our message on today is the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. Now, adoption is a process that must first happen physically before it happens mentally. All right. Adoption is a process that must happen first physically, then mentally. So with the first part of it is the physical part is we're removing the individual from the orphanage. That is the physical part. But the next thing that needs to happen is the orphanage needs to be removed from the individual. So it has to happen in the physical. They have to be taken out of the location that they were. So if it's an orphanage or if it's a, a, a home in which, you know, it's just chaotic, they have to be removed from the environment in order to uh, deal with the mindset. You, your mindset cannot be dealt with 
uh, when, re when uh, removing or dealing with the adoption process, it cannot be dealt with if your position hasn't changed. A lot of times when I talk to people who are a part of other ministries, and I was talking to a particular woman one day, and we were all part of this, this same ministry. And her question to me was, why is it that you, God, has let, allowed you guys to move on, and I'm still here? And I told her, I said, you can't leave until your mind is renewed. If you leave with the same mind, you just left upset. So you're going to look for the same thing. You're, belli you're belligerent. You're rebellious. You're just looking to take what the pastor has given you and find it somewhere else because you don't like the pastor or you don't like the church. But I told her the moment that you get a different revelation, a different understanding, you can no longer sit there. How it happened with us was the moment we got a hold to some Miles Monroe. Okay, the moment we got a hold to the kingdom and we were in the apostolic denomination, we could no longer sit in the apostolic denomination because we understood kingdom. And the only way in which you can change the atmosphere of any ministry is you must first change the leader. You can't change your household until the head changes. It don't matter what the kids do, no matter what the wife do, it's the husband that you got to change. And so she asked me, like, why am I still here? You're still here because you don't have a different revelation. You don't have a different understanding. Jesus said new wine requires new wineskins. You don't have new wine or you don't have new wineskins. Stay where you at. There's no need for you to move forward until you get a different revelation, a different set of, uh, of understanding. And so you have to, in order for you to, the spirit of adoption to work, you have to be taken out of the orphanage, put into a new environment in order to work on your mind. Because the adoption process first takes place in the spirit, then the soul. So you are created as a new creature in Christ. The Bible says you are a new creature in Christ. That, that has to happen first. You have to know who you are in Christ first. You have to know that you are in Christ first. If you don't know that you are in Christ, the adoption can never take place because you don't know that, that your uh, DNA has changed. Your divine nature has changed. Your soul can only respond to your nature. If you still have the nature of Adam, it's pointless for me to teach you the word of God. The Bible says that the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. So you can't, uh, so a natural man can never be adopted into the kingdom. So we need first the new birth, then we need to renew their mind. You heard the old schools used to say you got to catch the fish before you clean it. We want to clean the fish before we catch it. You want people to act right before they come to church. You want to, you want, most people think that way. They think, I, as soon as I get it together, I'm going to church. And that defeats the point of the church. If you got it all together, you don't need to come here. Matter of fact, you need to start teaching as soon as you get here. So this is where the spirit of adoption happens. Okay. So we have to be born again. 
then we get the mind of Christ. Amen? You are not going to get the mind of Christ and you have not been born again. The Bible says that the born again process allows you to see. It allows you to see the kingdom of God. So you can't even see the kingdom of God until you are born again. So it will be a waste of our time to try to teach you scriptural things and you have not been born again. And so we're going to talk about the spirit of adoption on today. Now, it's something I want to share with you guys. It ain't deep, but a lot of times when we see the spirit of something, we automatically do what? What we think is the Holy Spirit. For, ain't that the first thing we think? It's the first thing we think. We see the spirit of anything, the first thing we think. Now, the spirit of just simply lets you know that this is happening in the spirit realm. The container that is attached to it is letting you know this is what is being delivered or this is what you need to receive. So if it is the spirit of truth, it's letting you know that the truth is coming from the spirit realm. It's not natural. With the spirit of adoption, it is letting you know that this adoption is taking place in the spirit. It is not taking place in the natural. When you hear of the spirit of wisdom, that means the wisdom is coming from the spirit realm. It's coming directly from the Godhead to you. It's not earthly wisdom. So, the spirit of adoption, now I want y'all to say this with me. Okay, I know y'all drunk in the spirit, all right? But I want you to say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. All right. Y'all knew that was coming, didn't you? Okay. The spirit of adoption happens in community. I want y'all to say that with me. The spirit of adoption. Say it with me. (laughs) Y'all didn't finish it for me. That's all right, though. Love is love. Okay. The spirit of adoption. Happens in community. The adoption can take place if I'm not a part of a community. Amen. So the spirit of adoption has to happen in community. Now, I have to tell you that because I was talking to a, a, a gentleman and he said that he had already had the spirit of adoption because he had the Holy Spirit. So he said the moment he got the Holy Spirit, he had the spirit of adoption. The adoption is a process. Okay, once you are born again, you are God's child, but your soul needs to be developed. And so this is how it works. When we're talking about when we're talking about renewing your mind, we're renewing your mind because you are immature in Christ and you don't understand your father's world. So when you're born again, we have to attack your mind because you don't know your father. You don't know his world. You don't know the spirit realm. You don't have no idea about these things. Now, on the other hand, we have to attack your heart because that's where the orphan lies. The orphan is, 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 is in your heart. It's the situations and circumstances that you have dealt with because you did not grow up in heaven. 
It is the things that happen to you while you are on this earth that are contrary to the things that the father would have happened to you. Or it is the things that have happened to you on earth, but they would have never happened to you had you been raised in heaven. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus because we needed a representative of a child. He didn't send a pastor. He didn't send an apostle. He didn't send the fivefold ministry. He sent a son. Why? Because this is what he wanted out of us. And I know a lot of this stuff is redundant, but you need to get it in your head until I need to say this until it becomes the way that you think. Because the moment I stop talking, Satan starts. So our first scripture on the day, we're going to come from Romans chapter eight, verse 15. And it says, for you have not received a spirit of slavery. You have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. So he's letting you know that the spirit of slavery will lead you to fear. Now, the spirit of slavery comes through the law. The spirit of slavery comes based on the fact that you are not attached to the father or you are detached to the father. When Adam ate that ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil given to him by Eve, there was a death there. A death happens. Now, that death, we can say it like this. It, it was a death, but it was a separation. That's all death is. It's a separation. It was a divorce. Okay, if somebody dies in the natural, it's a separation. They leave their physical body. We're still in our physical body. That's a separation. A divorce is a death. Two people were one. Now they decided they, they're not going to be one. They're going to become back to go, go back to being individuals. It's a death there. That's why it feels so awkward and, and so much pain there because it's a, it's literally a death. It's a detachment. And so he's letting us know you did not receive the spirit of slavery that would lead you to fear. That's not what you receive. That word fear is the word phobos, which means that the, the uh, spirit that I gave you was not a spirit that would lead you to terror, to be afraid of me. It would not be a spirit that would lead you to be frightened all the time. As if, as when um, Adam and Eve were in the garden, the moment they heard his footsteps after their eyes were open, they were afraid and they hid. Because immediately they, they were in the orphanage and the spirit of slavery had taken place and they now were walking in fear. And so slavery will lead you to fear. So he let you know, but you did not receive the spirit of slavery from me. Like I told you last week, that wasn't our exchange. If you're feeling fear, it did not come from me. If you feeling legalistic, that's why you have to listen to people when they teach the word. If it's legalistic, that's not your father. He doesn't speak according to the law. He now speaks according to, uh, speaks according to grace. In Hebrew chapter 1, he said that he said in times past, I spoke through the prophets. I spoke through the law. But now in these days, I speak through my son. I'm speaking now through my DNA. When you hear my voice, it's grace. Because the object of, 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 of raising someone or pulling someone out the orphanage is to give them a better life. If you're afraid, you're not thinking about a better life. You're thinking about one, how can I get out of this?
Amen. True story. First day in the military. I woke up. First day I woke up in the military. The sergeant comes in there beating the trash can. Wake up. Wake up. Boom, boom, boom. Throwing the trash can through the hallways. The first thing I thought in my head was, what have I gotten myself into? When we got there, they were trying to exact fear into us. They were trying to get us aligned. It wasn't no gentle thing. Wake up, everyone. Wake up, everyone. <laughs> no, it wasn't nothing like that. <laughs> they was kicking on doors. Wake up. Wake up. Yelling. You Hold on. Wait, wait. Hold on. This ain't happening at home. <laughs> so he says, but you have received the spirit of adoption. So. You did not receive the spirit of fear or slavery from your heavenly father. You received a spirit of adoption. Okay, I told you, you received a spirit of adoption. So the spirit that you received was a spirit to bring you back into the fold so that he can be your father. That's why it says, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. It's a difference when you say God... And when you say father, it means two totally different things. When you call me pastor and they call me father, it means two totally different things. <laughs> it's a total different expectation of me. When they call me father, it lets me know I have responsibility towards them. That's why I'm trying to tell you guys, call him Father. Call him Abba. When he hears that, you, you, you don't understand unless you're a parent. <laughs> you don't understand unless you're a parent and you heard your baby cry. You don't understand how proud a parent is to hit him first words, mama, daddy. That's a proud, that, look, you know why? Because it only belongs to me. You have to understand what your heavenly father hears when you say Abba. When you cry to him, you have to understand he's obligated now. He relinquished his sovereignty. He gave his sovereignty up to be your father. And you want to give him the sovereignty back. Like, no, just rule over me. Dominate me. Just We going to murder religion. We got to get it out. We got to get it out. Because Jesus said, worship the Father, and the church said, worship Jesus. All right. So, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of sound judgment. So in a previous scripture, he said he has not given us a spirit of slavery to lead us to fear. To lead us to fear, phobos. To lead us to terror. To lead us to, to be so afraid that we can't even approach him. He said, I have not given you this. But I gave you a spirit of adoption. Now, if you go into slavery mode and you enter into fear, it turns into timidity. All right. Fear 
fearing the father, fearing talking to him, speaking to him, it turns into timidity. Now, most 99.9% of most orphans come into a situation fearful. I'm I'm telling you this for a reason. Because you have to understand that you have to approach it. Anytime Jesus said, look, your father know what you need before you ask, but still ask. But still ask. You got to get to the to the place where you don't mind going to your father about any and everything, even your mistakes. He see him. He just wants you to admit to it, confess to it. He the Bible said, if you confess your sins to him. Mm. Y'all know why I did stop, huh? Where y'all at? If you confess your sins to him, he's. Say again. Speak loud, say it louder. You scared you'll mess up? Huh? Do I smell an orphan spirit? No, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> Don't be afraid to mess up. It is what it is. He's sure to forgive, not only forgive you, but cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He's just waiting for you to say, I did something wrong. His plan after you tell him what you did wrong is to cleanse you, forgive you first, and then cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Like we said before, Peter comes to Jesus and said, how many times in a day do I have to forgive Chris? He didn't say Chris, but you know. (laughs) He said seven times 77. Now seven is the number of completion and perfection. (laughs) He said seven times 77. So Dre, If I got to forgive Chris seven times 77 in a day, what is my threshold? The father let me know you got at least 600 times to mess up in a day. Now, that's not now that's not telling you to mess up, because if you messing up 600 times, your destiny is in jeopardy. Your purpose is in jeopardy. He's just letting you know his grace. He just let you know the extent of his grace. I'm not looking at you. I'm not, I'm not looking at your behavior as far as uh, uh, expecting you to be Jesus as soon as you get saved. My job, I want you to conform to the image. I know your situation. You were an orphan. I pulled you out the orphanage. Now my job, my job, my job, his job. His responsibility is to what? It's to get you from orphan to like Jesus. So he says, Timothy said, Paul said, God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, if he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, or the spirit of slavery leading to fear, but the spirit of adoption. And then he tells us that the spirit of, we don't have the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What is he telling us? He's telling us that the spirit of adoption is when you receive power, love, and a sound mind. So when you show up to church, you showing up to church to receive those three things. Power, Love and a sound mind. 
Why? Because this is the only way you can communicate with him. That's why the Bible says that Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. (laughs) Then he says, I poured the Holy Spirit out. and, And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. He's trying to give you power. But watch this. So the power comes through Christ in you. It comes through the Holy Spirit upon you. It comes through the fivefold ministry equipping you. And then it comes through you being in community. You don't just get power from me. You get power from interacting with one another. You don't get power sitting at home by yourself. I'm going to tell you why. Because watch this. Once you get the power, it still needs to be tested. Once you get the love, it still needs to be tested. So he's given us power. Now, when I say power, when the Holy Spirit gives power, the word dynamis, it comes in three facets, okay? The first facet is miracles and uh, gifts. The second one is command of the army of angels. It is this third one that I want you to glean to. And that is soul development. Because typically the church is always looking for power to either pray or power to do gifts of the spirit. When the main focus of the power of the Holy Spirit is for your soul development. It's for your soul development. It's not so you can run around and shout and say you feel with the Holy Spirit. I'm saved and sanctified. It's not so you can scream and run around and jump. Tell me she caught the Holy Ghost. You ain't catch no Holy Ghost. Stop playing. You can't catch no Holy Ghost. You catch Holy now you shake. No, you in the flesh and you excited. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But had there been a catching of the Holy Spirit, it would at least be in the Bible. It would at least be in Jesus' ministry. (laughs) Did he not catch it once? (laughs) He didn't catch the Holy Spirit his whole. (laughs) None of that happened. No Baptist fit. No nothing. None of that. Okay. Some of y'all religious. I feel you. I feel you, but I'm still coming like uh, Stephen Matthew said. I know you want me to turn my plow. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you want me to turn my plow, but I'm on it now. I see why he said now. As soon as you feel that spirit, woo, okay. Don't talk about us like that. But the main purpose of power is to conform to the character of Christ. Because we want to use power in the service, but we don't want to use it. We can't use it in a job interview. Huh. I feel it again. We want to use the power of the Holy Spirit in the service, but we don't want to use it in relationships. I got a couple more right here. I wrote them down, so I won't forget them. We want to have the power of the Holy Spirit, but we don't use it for vision. What about for confidence? What about focus? The power of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be for moral excellence. It is to purify and cleanse your soul. He said, I will baptize you with Holy Spirit and that of fire. So if you're full of the Holy Spirit, it's burning stuff up. 
I told you, I can spot an orphan. I can spot mature people. I can listen to it in a conversation. They're always talking about change. People who, who hadn't caught wind on it, they still talking about who they are. Okay, we need some of that. <laughs> what about using the Holy Spirit to command your mind? You know how it is. You go to pray and you can't pray. You got power. Like I told you, Jesus said this, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Jesus was powerful. Watch this. Jesus was powerful. Y'all ready for this? Jesus was powerful because he knew his father. He was powerful because the relationship. It was his confidence. He announced it, didn't he? I and my father are one. That was his power. He didn't care about what nobody else said. All he had to do was hear from his father. Somebody told him that he testified of himself. He said, no, I don't. He said, after my for two or three, everything is established. I agree and my father agree. That's it. That's it. We don't need the, we don't need the whole boys and girls club. Okay. We don't need the NAACP. We don't need everybody to agree with us. You just need to hear from your father. Your issue is this. You want everybody to agree with you before you make a move. And your father been told you to do it. You need everybody to agree with you. And as soon as you tell somebody what you're going to do, they're going to take it and run. That's why he says shut up and do it. You don't need everybody to agree with you. If I wait on everybody to agree with me, ain't no way I start this ministry. There is no pastor on this planet will authorize me to teach this. I don't know that for sure. Okay, I just said it. <laughs> None of I meant. <laughs> How many churches you been to and they told you, don't worship Jesus, worship the Father? How many churches you been to and they told you, worship is not about you lifting your hands to God and telling him how great he is? All we got to do is listen to the son. So. We don't want powerful moments. We want a powerful life. Amen. You don't want a powerful moment. The church is looking for powerful moments. We're looking for the moment we can lay hands on somebody's eyes and they open so we can write a book about it. You, that's what we waiting on. We want powerful moments. We want a service that's so chaotic that you leave home and go home and your house still chaotic. <laughs> we want powerful moments. We need a powerful life, meaning whoever the father put next to you, they grow. Regardless, just being around you, they grow. They turn into a child of God because they're around you. That's a powerful life. Jesus just, they just hanging out with him. Disciples just hanging out with him. That's what we're looking for. So when you come to church, you're coming to receive power. A powerful life, not powerful moments. He's not going to let us do it like other churches. I'm sorry. 
Because he's building a divine generation. The next one is love. Now, you come to get love. In order to get love, you have to go through the love cycle, which means you have to learn first and foremost how much your heavenly father loves you. That's the first objective. We have to get into you how much he loves you, not how much you love him. The Bible says, love others as you love yourself. We have to deal with you loving yourself first. We have to teach you and show you in the scripture how much he loves you so you can agree with that and love yourself. Until you do that, you're going to have an orphan mind and everybody you come in contact with, you're going to want them to stay. And so in order for them to stay, you lose yourself. Why you lose yourself? Because you don't love you. If you love you, the first thing you're going to think about is your mental capacity to handle situations. You don't love yourself. So we have to, the church has to pour into you. Chris, love yourself. The father loves you. The father loves you. He don't love you because you doing right. He don't love you because you good. He don't love you because you have not made a mistake. He don't love you because you got a shelf full of trophies. He loves you because he is love and he has no other option. And if he's going to get love into you, he can't do nothing but show you love. The moment he turns away from love and becomes anger to an orphan, what happens? They shut down. A child can, Jesus said it, the father, a child can only do, a son can only do what they see the father do. Love yourself because he loves you. It's interactive. Like I say, you're going to learn that the father loves you. We're going to teach you that the father loves you. You're going to love yourself, and then somebody's going to say something to you, and you're going to see how much you love everybody around you. Your love needs to be tested. That's why it can only happen in the community. It can only happen in the community. We need to disagree to see if there's love. I'm pastor now until I say something you don't like or until I correct you in an area of your life where you don't want to hear it. Then all of a sudden I'm your ex-pastor. <laughs> you're apostle now until you say something I don't like. That boy ain't called me no apostle. Talking about just <laughs> the love has to be tested right here. Somebody need to step on your toes. You need to let somebody borrow some money and they don't give it back to you. That's why, Jesus, that's why the Bible says, lend to whoever wants and don't ask for it back. You're being tested right here in community. The adoption is taking place right here. He's raising you right here. You can't grow up outside of here. Who you going to hang with? Who you going to hang with? Who are you going to go kick it with, hang out with, and they going to put God in you by just by being around them? It only happens right here. So you need love and then the next thing you need is sound judgment. We have to teach you sound judgment. We have to give you a sound mind. Now this is what this means. It means that you have to learn to balance yourself. Okay, we have to teach you balance because you can't pray all, just pray, 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 pray and no study time. 
You can't study, 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 and don't give. You can't give, 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 and then don't do community. Some people just send their ties in. They won't even show up to church. Like, that's what we want. No, that's not what we want. We want you to grow up. Because everybody is in a situation of Jonah. You have a whole Nineveh waiting on you. If you don't get in your destiny, your kids don't get in your destiny. Somebody right now is not in their destiny because you're not in your destiny. You're not in your purpose. You're not in your assignment. So everybody who's supposed to be under you is falling short. So our thing is to get balance in your life. The other thing is to get moderation. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Food. Because we got to fast. Moderation. Now, the next thing I'm about to say, most churches really won't say this, but it's all in scriptures. Wine. You good? No, I'm just messing <laughs> She said, I've had my portion. No, I'm just playing. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, you, you okay, see? But you see how she feeling? Because she said amen. And she over there feel like everybody thinks she a lush. Probably. <laughs> it's, but no, it's, it's what the Bible talks about. Paul told him, don't just drink water, but drink wine. Paul, the Bible says it. The Bible tells us to drink wine, but don't be excessive. Moderation. See, we don't have a formula for growing people up. So we tell them don't do nothing. <laughs> don't, we don't have a formula. They don't see God as a father, so it's don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Don't see a movie. Don't listen to no music with cousins. Don't do nothing. Hold on. We're supposed to be God's. You mean to tell me you are God and you can't drink a glass of wine without wanting to get drunk? <laughs> You're supposed to be dominating the entire planet. You can't dominate a grape? <laughs> Am I being real? Come on now. Because the Bible says to drink, don't drink wine excessively. Moderation. But Paul said it like this. Don't live in this don't touch, don't taste. I heard a pastor say one time, and they crucified him. He said a, a, a believer should be able to have a beer and not want to get drunk. I agree with him. Okay, I don't, I'm not saying go drink beer. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, so don't quote me on that. But all I'm saying is that I don't believe in if you eat a piece of bacon, you're going to eat the whole pig. <laughs> I don't believe in that. If we're supposed to be gods, that's why the Bible says, oh, he gave me a definition. It says sound judgment. You're supposed to be able to do things in moderation. The issue is you're not doing it with food. So when we get the wine, <laughs> okay now, you ain't supposed to be eating them biscuits. You bread lovers. <laughs> I know Dr. Hardy, boy. I should be sneaking bread. <laughs> Eat it and then say, well, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we have to, 
it's the church job to teach you how to do things in moderation. It is the church job to teach you how to do finances. It's our job. Because the whole purpose of the adoption is to teach you how heaven does it. Jesus said, John didn't drink no wine. And y'all still had something to say about him. I drink wine with the sinners and y'all say I'm a drunk. They always going to say something. They always going to say something. That's why you got to be a part of a community. Family is the greatest shield of your hearing. When you have a tight knit family and you know what's been instilled in you, you don't care what people say outside. You don't care what people say outside that family. Come on. The most dangerous thing I could have done to Alana right here is give her two parents. She's extremely strong already. But with these two parents, she don't care what nobody say. She moved like a force, don't care. I had to tell her, little girl across the street, come over, she got little issues and stuff. Look, I ain't got time for that. No, be nice to her. (laughs) But... Kids are stronger when they know their parents. Satan plays on orphans. He plays on the, or, on the place that you've been bit in life. You don't have no father? Let's play on that. Let's have every man I bring into your life to treat you a certain way and you never trust a man. You didn't have no mother? Let's play on them like this. You don't have no family. Let everybody come into you, into your, uh, uh, into your circle. I'm gonna put thoughts into your head that they don't. They want to harm you. Don't trust them. Satan play on your mind. Why? Because you didn't grow up in a household where that was put in you. I gotta keep moving. Did I get everything? People's opinions. So that's, that is the church job. That is literally the spirit of adoption. It's giving you power, giving you love, and then giving you a sound mind. Because all those things combined is what gives you a sound mind. When you know who you are, when the adoption has taken place and it is effective in your life, you are an unmovable force. Our next scripture, 1 Corinthians 4 and 15. It says, for if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Now, every orphan needs to be fathered. That is the reason why you are an orphan, because you don't have a father. You are an orphan biblically, even if you have your mother, but you don't have a father. So every orphan must be fathered. Now, you are fathered through the gospel. Say that with me. I am fathered through the gospel. You are not fathered through the Bible. You are not fathered through ministry. You are not fathered through the church. You are fathered through the gospel. You have to hear good news in order to be fathered. Now, the whole purpose of a spiritual father is to connect you with your heavenly father. 
So I have to teach and preach and deliver the word in a manner where when I speak, you hear the father. That's why Paul said, I became your father in Christ Jesus, not in the natural, in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I told you the good news that Jesus preached. The gospel is not about Jesus. See, that's another one. Can't say that everywhere. The gospel is not about Jesus. The gospel is what Jesus came to give you. The good news is not that he died on the cross. The good news is not the blood. It ain't that he the bread of life. That's not the good news. It's the good news is that you can now enter back into that relationship. That's the good news. Now that you are in the relationship, the blood does this. The cross did this. The ward on his side did this. The fivefold ministry does this. But the good news is that the relationship now belongs to you. It is finished. It is finished. The veil tears. It didn't tear from the bottom. It tore from the top down. Let you know that there, there's no communication barrier here anymore. You can cry Abba. You don't have to worry about being lost. <laughs> He's letting you know. Jesus. Because the adoption, with the adoption, we have the adopter's desires, and then we have what the adopted person has gained. Okay, you need to understand this because the father pulled you out of the orphanage to do what? Give you the best life. I know last, I said a better life. No, the best life. He pulled you out the orphanage to give you the inheritance. Like I told you, the Bible said that in the fullness of time, he sent Jesus. The fullness of time means that the, at the moment he sent him, all you have to do is look in those times and see what adoption meant. Look, see, look in those times and see what a kingdom was all about. He said in the fullness of time so you wouldn't trace it back to your time. Because if we look at what adoption is now, most of the time it's just to get a paycheck. It's just to get a paycheck. It don't have to be any love there. In the Bible, you not only you had to be of good standing, but you had to have money. You had to have enough to leave that child of inheritance. Inheritance didn't only, I mean, adoption didn't only happen in the Bible based on the father leaving you. Sometimes you will find a person who will have so much wealth, but had no children. He didn't have an heir. That's what the story of Abraham and Isaac was all about. Abraham said, I got all of this land. You didn't gave me all of this stuff, but I don't have an heir. But I don't have an heir. The father put us here and told us to rule and dominate and the earth belongs to you. The Bible said that the earth belongs to us and the heavens belong to him. So the adoption process was only to bring us back into a place where we got an inheritance. That's the only reason. There is no need for the adoption. Just like I told you, there's no need for the Bible to exist other than God wanted to be a father. If he wanted to be God, there's, he could have just left everything the way it was. Am I right? If he wanted to be God. He was God before the heavens and the earth. He's, ever, he's self-sufficient. 
He did not need us to make him God. He did not create us so we can come in here and say, you're so great. You're so wonderful. You're so mighty. You're so lovely. You're so gorgeous. You're so beautiful. We love you. No, that's not why he created us. He created us because he wanted to make us feel like that. That's why I told you we're dealing with two sides of the same coin. All right. You're born again and you're adopted. (laughs) Totally new to this lifestyle. You're born again and you're adopted. The born again person needs to know their father. They need to understand the world. That's what we mean when we're talking about we're born again. He says when the, at the moment you're born again, you enter into the kingdom of God. You can now see his world. But now since you see it, you have to learn it. You have to learn the difference between this world and that world. You have to learn the difference between, watch this, the father blessing you and Satan blessing you. You have to learn the difference. Because you would think all money is good money. You have to learn that. You think every opportunity is God. If you want to know if the opportunity is your heavenly father, ask yourself, are you mature enough to handle it? Somebody just told, yeah, we about to give you $10 million. Are you mature enough to handle that? Just ask yourself. I know we're going to say yes. Who going to say no? Who going to say no, I'm not? I'm not mature enough to handle $10 million yet, okay? I might not show back up. I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm not ready. I might not show back up. I'll give me a jet. (laughs) He know. You see, you try to hide what he already know. You sit there, I'm ready. And, and he's saying you're not. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> and we don't know, so we think you're crazy. You sit there arguing with yourself. Our next scriptures. Ephesians 4 and 10. We're almost done. We're going to walk through this. Hallelujah. And it reads, he who descended is himself also he who ascends far above all heavens so that he might feel all things. Now, this is, a, this is letting us know that the reason why Jesus had to leave is so that he could feel all things. Okay? The only way that we could be raised to be sons is he had to leave. He told the disciples, it is expedient that I leave. All right? He had to die. The reason why Jesus' ministry had so many miracles was because he could not raise children of God. No one on earth at the time was like him. He had to leave before we could become like him. Verse 11. So he wanted to feel all things. So verse 11 says, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, and some as teachers. Why? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. 
That's why I tell you, this is where the spirit of adoption happens at. Because you were adopted, you were pulled out of the orphanage. He sent you into ministry and said, I'm going to give you apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher, and a pastor. And their whole purpose is to equip you. Is to teach you about the father's world, mature you in Christ, and at the same time, uh, uh, love you so you can lose the orphan spirit. That's what the equipment is. And that's why it says the equipment of the saints. The saints are the elected, the chose. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Which means everybody get an a, a invitation to the party. Everybody get an invitation. Everybody gets a, a full ride to the university of Christ to become like his son, but everybody don't take it. Some people reject it. And so he says that this is for the equipment of the saints, those who chose to do this. That's why we're doing all these classes, finance classes, <laughs> communication classes. We're going to do nutrition. Why? Because the job of the church is to equip you. It's to equip you. It is to equip you. That's why we open. That's why we're putting on Divine Generation Day. It is the it is the the Heavenly Father gives a spiritual father to give you a platform. It is the job of a spiritual father to give you a platform. Everything that can be done should be done in this community. Everybody in here has something that can add to somebody else. Like I told y'all last week, I'm the type of leader that believes like this. Every, I'm not just pouring into you. Everybody in here has something to pour into me. And until it happens, I'm not complete. You have to see it the same way. If you don't, you won't see community as being important. You'll wake up with a suggestion. Should I go to church today or should I not? Because you ain't thinking about what could possibly be poured into you today? Every time you show up, something's activated. Every time you don't show up, something's not activated. Every time you wake up and pray, something's activated. Every time you don't pray, something's not activated. Every time you read the word, something is activated. Every time you don't read the word, you didn't get an activation that day. And let's say you do this thing 365 days out of a year. And every day you got activated in the area. Or out of 365 days, you got activated 50 days. You cheated yourself. That's what the devil, the biggest trick of the devil is to make you think, I'm mad at the pastor, so I ain't coming to church. Oh. (laughs) That's like getting mad at the professor and not showing up for class. you're not going to graduate. <laughs> That's like getting mad at your boss and not showing up to work. You're going to get fired. <laughs> your paycheck going to be short. <laughs> That's why we did the whole thing on the gold standard. You don't have to pray fast, read your words, study, do community, but when you come into that test and that trial, the Bible told us in that day, you're going to see, is it gold? Is it silver? Is it wood, hay or stubble? 
You're going to see. When it comes time to graduate and walk across the stage, <laughs> you're going to see. Because you're not going to walk and you're going to be taking another semester. Why? Because you didn't show up for class. This is where the spirit of adoption takes place at. That's why it says for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. We're equipping you to build up one another. We're equipping you guys so when the next group come in, y'all build them up. Then it says, until we all attain. Not until Kirby can attain. So we're not doing this until I get mine. We're not doing this until I, there's no selfishness in this thing. When I tell you, the father makes sure you, he does not raise selfish children. He's going to make sure I'm going too fast. Okay. Until we all attain the unity of faith. Until we all have faith in the father. And of the knowledge of the son of God. Those two things, faith in the father and knowledge of the son of God. Why do we need faith in the father? Because this is his plan. Why do we need knowledge of the son? Because that's what we conform into. And knowledge of the son of God to a mature man. So we doing all of this until you become mature. And then it says to the measure of the stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. That's an expectation, ain't it? He has an expectation of us. He said, do this thing until you mature to the measure of the fullness that belongs to Christ. Until you get to a point where you say, I only do what my father tell me to do. It don't matter what the Pharisees say. It don't matter what the Sadducees say. It don't matter what the scribes say. It don't matter what the government say. It don't matter what your family say. It don't matter. Jesus, your mother, your brother's out there looking for you. Who? Who was my mother, my brother, my sister? Those who do the will of my father, they ain't looking for me. <laughs> Until you get that boldness. He told the Pharisees, you know why you can't believe? Because y'all accept the glory from one another. Just read the gospels, listen to how Jesus talked, and then think of how you talk. He's trying to bring us to that same confidence. Jesus said, my peace I leave you, not the peace of the world. You don't even know his peace is there. His peace is not uh, absent of conflict. His peace is in conflict. His peace arises when you're going through stuff. It's when you're in the deepest, darkest dungeon, that's when his peace comes out. The Bible, in time, the Bible tells you that you're strong when you're weak. When you lose that little human strength, when you lose that little human intelligence, he said, I'll give you some real strength and I'll give you some real uh, uh, knowledge. It's a great exchange. Lose you to gain him. That's why Paul said the life that I now live, I live with faith in the son of God. He, Paul said Christ is my life. He got to that point where he said, you know what, I'm I only do what the father tell me to do. He had to get there though because he just abandoned all his whole culture. They don't even like him no more. And then the people he coming in the fellowship with, he didn't kill most of their cousins. <laughs> so they leery of him too. 
He ain't got nobody but God. <laughs> That's all he got. <laughs> he rolling with the Jews to kill the Christians, and then a couple chapters later, the Christians hiding him in the basket to get him away from the Jews. He has to bring you to a place where you only depend on him and nobody else. That's why I am all for people who are leaving your life. You call me all you want to. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I'm all for it. You think they're abandoning you because of whatever reason. No, 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 no. He's setting you up for the people who are going to be there. He's setting you up. But first, he got to get rid of some Pharisees. He got to get rid of some Sadducees. He got to get rid of some scribes. We're going to get a lot of people in here from other ministries. We're going to get it. You know why? Because you can only father people through the gospel. They ain't your spiritual father if they didn't introduce you to the father. Y'all need time? Y'all need a little time for that one? If they didn't introduce you to the father, they can't be your spiritual father. He said, I became your father in Christ when I introduced you to the gospel. The gospel was about the father. Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. So the revealing is giving them what was lost. What was lost? The kingdom and the relationship. You get the relationship, you can get the kingdom. If you don't get the relationship, you can't have the kingdom. I don't care how kingdom minded they say they are. Verse 14, as a result, is that what it says? As a result. So we're supposed to see results, right? Results? Results. How do we get results? <laughs> Effort. As a result, we are no longer to be children. Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Sound like an orphan, don't it? By the trickery of men, by the craftiness of deceitful scheming. An orphan. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects, in all aspects. I'm not going to expound on that. Into, into him who is the head, even Christ. That's the goal. But it only happens here. You can't do that at home by yourself reading the Bible. That's the trick of the enemy now. That's how he has deceived so many people. We all the church. No, we not. You don't know what the church is. The ch if you, you can only be the church if you are impacting. The church is derived out of the kingdom. So after you become a child of God and you mature enough to attain a kingdom, okay, now that you are in the kingdom, he calls certain people out the kingdom to represent the kingdom. Those who are called out the kingdom to represent the kingdom are the church. If you don't get the relationship, you don't get the kingdom. If you don't get the kingdom, then you can't be the church. 
So in order to be the church, you have to come in here, get fed, get fed, get fed until you can impact. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are immature. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are all orphans. And they're bringing them to the orphanage. They're bringing people to a church and everybody broke. Everybody busted, disgusted. Everybody gossiping, talking about, don't nobody like nobody. Oh. Well, all right. That's okay. This is a family. That happened in families. Okay. So <laughs> it is what it is. He's just busting the dough. Mama, mama. <laughs> All right. And the kids running behind. <laughs> Boy, you gonna get in trouble. Like, I'm too young to recognize what trouble is. <laughs> I just do me. <laughs> and the chips fall where they may. Verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, cause the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Now, Jesus said that the church had to be built. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that has been built. The gates of hell will not prevail, Miss Mary, against the church that has been built. We read it like this. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. No. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church has not been built. So the gates of hell have been prevailing. And it... it, it, it's not blatant. It's just in relationships. How is the church divorce rate and the world divorce rate look the same? How is the church poverty and the world po- look the same? Another way he do is, is he steal our gifts. He make the church scared to do music and all the artists in the church just do music singing about Jesus. Do you not know nobody wants to hear 300 million artists sing about Jesus? I know y'all, I know that's not a prop. That's not popular, is it? God did not give you the art and the ability to do that just to sing about him all the time. So what, every movie we make supposed to be about God? (laughs) Y'all ain't feeling that? Y'all ain't feeling that? Y'all want to be religious? The world is doing what they want to do and sit back and tell us, well, y'all just, you know, clap your hands, stump your feet. <laughs> Seriously, I, my son's a producer. I don't want him just playing organs. <laughs> Every song got the same church organ in it. <laughs> Boy, if you... <laughs> well, all your songs got organs and tambourines. 
in the love songs. <laughs> All right, verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you no longer, that you walk no longer just as Gentiles also walked in the futility of their mind. Now he's describing orphans because he put Gentiles on the lowest level. The Gentile woman comes to Jesus and said, I just want my daughter healed. He said, it is not good to feed the children's food to the dogs. So he put the, so when he says walk no longer as Gentiles, he's telling you walk no longer as dogs who return to their vomit. You know, dogs throw up and then eat their own vomit. That's what sin looks like. When you regurgitate Satan's thoughts and you keep feeding to yourself, it's like eating vomit. He tells you to do this. You're doing, you've been doing the same thing year after year, just regurgitating the same stuff, throwing it up, eating it, throwing it up, eating it. You're so impressed with yourself. <laughs> you just throwing it up. Okay. All right. So he's describing the orphan life. He says, you walk no longer just as Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding. This is who you were before he pulled you out to orphanage, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. You know how many people I see talk negative about the Bible and their whole life is torn apart? Y'all stupid for believing that preacher. Who you believe in? <laughs> Who preaching to you? Bible says faith comes by hearing. Who you listening to? Somebody's feeding you your faith. You either listen to some pastor, you listen to somebody in the fivefold ministry, or you listen to somebody in the street. All right, let's keep it moving. Because it might be you. All right, because of the hardness of their heart, and they having become callous, Having, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greed, with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. So the whole purpose of the orphan spirit or, or the spirit of adoption is to you come in here and learn Christ. Learn the ways of Christ because that's what he told you to do. He told you to conform to the image of his son. So let's look at some scriptures on community operation. I'm just going to read these things, fly to them, so y'all get ready. All right. Romans 12 and 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing love. Spirit of adoption. This is the spirit of adoption. See, when you read the scriptures, I want you to see these things. He's given us the command. He's given a command to orphans. You don't tell people this if they already do it. You tell them this because it lacks in the community. So he told them, let love be without hypocrisy. Don't be fake with it. All right. Amen. All right. Detest evil. Detest it. Detest it. Now, where do you detest evil at first? In you. 
in you, in your mind, in your heart. That's what you detested at first. You don't detest it in other people. <laughs> ah. I told you last week, spiritual gifts should work what? In you, then out of you. So, if you have the spirit of discernment, we talked about this last week, whose spirit should you be discerning first? Yours. You don't have the spirit of discernment to discern everybody else's spirit, but yours. You got the spirit of prophecy, you should be prophesying to yourself first. Then prophesy to people. You should be able to tell yourself what the father said to you before you tell everybody else what the father said to them. Word of wisdom. You should have a word of wisdom for yourself, not just for everybody else. Amen? I love y'all too. First Peter 5 and 5. Because we're gonna go all over, we're gonna go over this all again when we do community, when we talk about building a community. Because you need to know how to function in community. Most believers don't know this. They think they come to church. You ask them, where you come to church to hear the word? You can get the word at home. It's a lot more to it. Most people come for the music. After the music over, they go home. <laughs> it happens. Okay. First Peter 5 and 5. You younger men, community, likewise be subject to your elders. And all of you, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. So don't humble yourself to the pastor. Do it say that? It don't say humble yourself to the pastor. It don't say humble yourself to the apostle. We should write that in there. It don't say humble yourself to your leaders. It don't say that. Do it say that, Dre? It don't say that. It says to do what? I stay right here. It's three o'clock. It says to do what? Humble yourselves. Watch this. It says, and all of you clothe yourself with humility. It is your responsibility to clothe yourself with humility. It is your responsibility to be humble in community. You are not to humble yourself to leadership, but then don't humble yourself to your brother. What is humility? For what purpose? You partially right. Is emptying yourself out so the Father can be all in you. That's what humility is. It's emptying yourself so the Father can be all in you. You're not emptying yourself so I can be all in you. You're not emptying yourself to fill yourself with McKinley. You are emptying yourself to fill yourself with your Heavenly Father. Because you don't need humility at church services. You need humility in every portion of your life. Okay. For God is opposed to the proud and gives grace to the humble. That happens right here in community. 
everybody's praying, but some people being opposed and some people getting grace. Let's keep it moving. Verse five, verse six. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He's your father. Okay, we're we're doing what? We're raising orphans. This is the adoption process. You need to know these things. When you read the scripture, you have to understand I am an orphan and I am born again. I do not understand my father's world. And so I'm getting the instructions right here. Philippians chapter two. It says, therefore, if any, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Them instructions for a community. Maintaining the same love, everybody, until we come to the unity of the faith. Same love. Same mind. United in spirit, intent on one purpose, community. Come on. The gay community, intent on one thing. They got unity. Verse three, do nothing from selfishness. You got to tell orphans that. You got to tell immature believers that. Do nothing from selfish and empty conceit. It ain't about you. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. I'm giving you the nuggets if you want ministry. Because I told you, this stuff works in your life before you get ministry. It works in your household. When I tell you I'm the least in my household, (laughs) verse 4. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. All right, one more set of scriptures and y'all, we can go. Y'all getting it? All right, I got to get your mind right. Okay, we're renewing minds here because we got to have this life. We have to have it. Titus, verse Chapter two, verse one. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine. Now, he didn't say no wine. I 
I'm not telling you to drink wine, okay? I'm just letting you know what the scriptures say, okay? Because what happens is a lot of times is we bring people into the church and we create our own sins, which when you create your own sin, you create a bondage. Also, you drink wine, mm, no about all that. And you make people feel like God said that. Like T.D. Jake said it, T.D. Jake said it best. If it were God silent, so am I. If he ain't saying nothing about that, I'm not saying nothing about that. Okay? <laughs> Don't try to make something something because you want to control people. Because you want your ministry to look like everybody got it together. And you keep running people off like that. I know everybody in here jacked up because I am. I'm lost without the father. I know you are. I know I got problems. I'm, I'm talking to him every day. Help. <laughs> Just being real with you. You better be transparent. Have people thinking you somebody you're not. Older women likewise ought to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, or, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. Verse 4, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God would not be dishonored. We're doing all that so our father's word would not be dishonored in public. We got to get community together so that our father's word would not be dishonored in public because right now the church is a laughing stock. Anybody coming to us for no answers? They come to us they want a good gospel song. That's about it. They ain't coming to us for no power. They ain't coming to us for no love. Matter of fact, you ask them, we're just a bunch of hypocrites. Verse 6, likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be example of good deeds with purity in doctrine, dignified. Sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. It's all about community. We come to church to seal the adoption. We come to church to seal the adoption so he can give us the inheritance. He wants to give you the inheritance. He wants to bless you because everything he does, he does it for his namesake. Who want their children out there looking crazy in public, acting crazy in public? You only correct them. <laughs> you only make sure their clothes look good and stuff. Why? Because they represent you. Yeah. Them kids ain't going nowhere. They don't put nothing on them. <laughs> the moment you got to go out in public, what, you want them to be on their best behavior. You want them to have their best clothes on, hairline, looking fresh, everything. Why? Because it's all for your namesake. Edges too. I know you left your edges out. All right. I wish she was thinking. Edges, I already know. They always talking about each other edges. Her and Alana. Be, I don't know. I don't know where they get that sense of human stuff from. What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong? So, we're going to close right here. Now, community is where we grow up at. All right. That's the whole thing behind the spirit of adoption. All right. This is where we grow. 
Growth is prominent in this community. All right. We have been planted here to grow. That's why the first place the father put Adam and Eve was in a garden. Gardens signify what? Growth. It signifies growth. That growth represented his household. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about growing up in a household of God. Because a lot of stuff we don't have is because we did not grow up in that household. So this is the household of faith. There's no other household believes what we believe. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Now being that we are on the the orphan series, we will always do a prayer to heal the orphan heart. Because we know that it can't be removed, but it has to be healed. All right. So, Father, please forgive us for embracing the attitudes, the actions, and the heart of an orphan. That your heart, Father, and desire for us is that we become a healthy part of a spiritual family. We break, Father, all soul ties that we have formed with an orphan spirit in Jesus' name. We bind, Father, our body, heart, and spirit to the Father's will and purpose for us in Jesus' name. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you will heal our mind and our heart from the spirit, Father, of abandonment, of rejection, and fatherlessness. Father, please help us to have the heart of a son or a daughter, and please help us to turn our heart toward our spirit spiritual father father please help us to pray for and support the spiritual fathers that you have placed in our life please help us to model the attitude and heart that jesus had toward you as he walked on this earth father please reveal to us all areas in our life that have been wounded please heal those areas father make us whole father we ask that you would help us to forgive everyone father who look father to us as a spiritual father or leader or has wounded us father or failed us father please help us to commit to a church father and a spiritual father so that we may grow father we are sorry for the times that we didn't recognize and embrace the truth of our relationship with you that we are father your fully loved and fully accepted children we repent of the times father that we feel and act as though father we are orphans alone when our brother jesus has paid the highest price of his life that we might be a member of your family we renounce father the orphan mindset with all of its lies rejection and belief father especially father we ask what god that by your spirit we will continue father to expose and deal with father any residue of an orphan thinking in our life thank you father for the gift of new life father and for receiving us into your family we choose to believe the true father of who we are in the relationship to you and who you are in relationship to us thank you for your spirit of adoption the holy spirit filling our life saturating our heart and our mind with the truth of who we are and whose we are all fear